Hey, listeners, it's the Doug Zone. We're back. Uh, sorry that it's been a bit. <laughs> nothing interesting has happened in either of our lives. And nope, nothing at all. If it did, you'd hear me talking about it maybe on the Patreon, perhaps. Who knows? But unfortunately, nothing has, and so you shan't, unless you're subscribed to the Patreon. Um, and then early. you might. Then you might. An early plug this time around. I hated this video so much. We need to talk about I, it. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> I was mad at it from start to finish. So it starts, and I saw bum reviews, and I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Wait, oh, wait, hang on. We didn't even, we're so angry we didn't even say what the video was. <laughs> it's uh, Moulin Rouge. Yeah, it's the Nostalgia Critics musical review of Moulin Rouge. Now, uh, this one existed somewhere in the dark recesses of my memory. Um, yeah. Which is to say, I think I've been fairly upfront about the fact that I've, I, I had watched a couple Nostalgia Critic videos in my day. Mm-hmm. I think this is the one that made me stop watching them, if I remember right. Like, I stumbled across this one and went, well, this simply cannot be allowed to continue. One of my favorite things is he seems not to have heard the concept of a jukebox musical until about halfway through the video. Yeah, like, up until right, halfway he's like, through like, none of these songs are original. Yeah, like, they, exactly. Like, and he makes that complaint fairly early on in the video. And I was mm-hmm. like, Doug, are you aware of the concept? But then he says jukebox musical. And I'm like, well, Doug. No, Lindsay Ellis does. He does not. That's so in my mind, fun, she yeah. explained it to him. Yeah, and boy, this video, you mentioned jump, you mentioned uh, bum reviews. This video is just full of other channel awesome character yep. jump scares, I've got to yep. say. Um, um, so the first thing he complains about is the lack of subtlety. Yeah, which, I mean. Famously, musicals are yeah. meant to be subtle, right? Yeah, musicals in general, and Boz Lerman in particular. Like, mm-hmm. look. Here's the thing. Fair enough. If that's a criticism yeah. you're going to make. But he acts like it's accidental. That it Boz is not. That, that Moulin Rouge, maybe the least subtle movie ever made. Um, and this, to be clear, is coming from someone who doesn't love this movie. I don't um, love it either, but I like don't It, it hate does feel it. like a nightmare while you're watching it. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But you can't ever say that that's accidental. Like you can't ever go like, well, the subtle, the subtle display of emotion that he was going for here is clearly it falls a little flat. And I think there's something very telling, he says early on, where he's complaining about the length of shot, which once again is an okay criticism, except for the fact that I think he thinks that long shots mean it's a good movie. Yeah. And look, here's the thing. Sometimes good movies use long shots. Other times they don't, you know, I'm going <laughs> to just radical. <laughs> I would love to teach film school. And just that, Sometimes that. movies yeah. are good. Now, Sometimes shot composition. they aren't good. Yeah. And that's my full, that's the full length of the unit on shot composition. I get is like, sometimes they're long. Sometimes they aren't. Turn your books to chapter three. People are like, well, but what about anything else about them? I'm like, no, those are all the things I have to say about those. I think nothing about composition or framing moving on. Um, this, do you know that this review is bad enough that the comments aren't agreeing with him? Dude, I know the top comment disagreed, <laughs> and I was like, that—that's always a sign that we found a diamond. In yeah, the world. you know. Oh like, yes. Oh, oh, oh. oh yes. Uh, yeah. What is the guy's name that appears in this video first? Oh, hang on. What is his name? I I was not aware of who this was, and he complains. Oh, I... Yeah, so, I'd never like, heard this guy. Um, me neither. He's not linked in the description. Right? Oh, 
Uh, I'm gonna have to click through and find him. Um, but wait, yeah, while we're while I'm finding him and his name, please uh, talk about bum reviews because I have a couple thoughts on that as well. Like the beginning. Yeah. Um, basically, bum reviews walks into like a what looks like a movie theater, and he conducts for a minute. Um, and that's that's the intro. And notably, he's conducting in a manner that I have never seen an orchestra seated in a theater. I'd like to know. Right. Hang on. I I I never once have seen the orchestra seated in the audience of a theater, which I really like. Facing away from the audience, which I really like, because that's what it's it's implying is that the orchestra is facing towards the stage. Yeah. The orchestra is facing towards the stage, so they're either seated in the world's weirdest orchestra pit. Or, as I believe you mentioned, sorry, I was mm-hmm. listening to the video. Yes, and it was, in the audience. I accidentally turned the point. Yeah, in the audience, which admittedly would rock. I would love to oh, attend yeah. a theater where, like, you're just sitting next to a cellist. Where you're just <laughs> sitting there and all of a sudden you look over and the person next to you has a violin. Yeah, it's like a flash mob that you've prepared to go to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, the most autistic flash mob. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's a great point. <laughs> I like the concept I of flash love. mobs, but I wish I could just, like know when it was coming and see i love spontaneity as long as i'm prepared for it you know anyway i'm going to see the improv at the theater tonight Uh, (laughs) hope i know what's gonna happen yeah (laughs) now i'm looking at my prepared list of names places and events um okay the guy's name was i believe brental floss okay brental floss is our valiant defender of moulin rouge right yeah he he dresses up in a campy circus outfit with mm-hmm. a mustache that is, I must say, upsettingly done to his face because it does just make his entire upper lip just look damp and like it's coated with Vaseline throughout the entire video's <laughs> runtime, really which does. I really don't like. I don't like it either. Oh, wait, hang on. We forgot about the other person who shows up at the very beginning of the video. Linkara. Linkara in- does, yes. How could I forget about it? Let me tell you. Throughout this whole video, I, I don't like making fun of people's singing voices, you know, because like, yeah, I do my fair share of singing. And honestly, I don't sound great all the time. I don't sound awful all the time either. But, you know, I have I have my off days, certainly. And so I don't like, you know, dunking on other people. Boy, though, um, you would Linkara's think in a thing where you can take multiple takes. Yeah, it would be a, a little better. That, in a video that isn't even for your channel. Like, you know, I probably, if I knew that that's how I was going to perform, if I was asked to sing a song about Moulin Rouge for the I Nostalgia would say Critic, no. I would, yeah, I would say no, or I'd do another take. I'd maybe buy a different microphone. You know, there, there, like, there's a lot of things I there's would do. There's a different. variety of things that I would change. But, um, oh, Link There's cameos from so many people in this. Yeah, we get the, um, the person who, so upsettingly played the rock biter in um, Suburban Nights, which I know that that guy has a name, but that really is just, that's what he will forever be known to me as. Who's the uh, guy who it's implied Lindsay Ellis is sexting? Oh, was that, um, was it Todd in the Shadows? It was Todd she in the Shadows. Video? Yeah, that's what, and honestly, boy, seeing him, A, I love that he's always so visibly uncomfortable in these cameos, but B, right? always just a breath of fresh air, because I do just like his content still, so I go, oh. It's that guy. Um, Lindsay Ellis his, plays a huge role in this one. 
Yeah. And that one, I was I wasn't prepared for that. I must say the the Moulin Rouge slumber party she throws once a month. Yeah, that was where they have boa fights. It's like a rough gag. Um, Has Doug ever met a woman? Clearly not. And that's that is like the one sort of like in a very Schadenfreude-esque way. It's hard for me not to sort of grimly chuckle whenever Lindsay Ellis shows up because it is very powerful to, you know, have now built your brand off of the sort of I wouldn't say like woke but close enough to it uh-huh. uh media analysis that she's known for and then remember that her start was just like going like i'm just a dumb girl in videos written for her by doug well right by doug I and rob yeah oh. <laughs> 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 stay tuned for next week listeners uh but um uh but boy yeah i don't love the career that she currently has which is why we ended it famously last year yep. but I uh, I can't say that I'm sad that this isn't what she's resigned to either, because somehow I do think she deserves better than this. This makes me feel bad for her, yeah. Yeah, and that's not good. We should not be empathizing with Lindsay Ellis. Um, so they kind of explain the... It's basically a plot recap of the movie. Yeah, it's right? a plot recap where he occasionally... Like, this is such an interesting middle point in Doug's reviews because like we've surpassed his like truly screechy like early work mm-hmm. where he's just like screaming for like three minutes straight and not really saying anything except that the movie like sucks but we still do get like his hyperbolic things where he's like this movie is his balls it like he- stomped on my balls or whatever it is that he's saying right like before i um, thought he does have a weird joke where he's hearing one of the songs in the movie, and he goes, he's talking about sleeping with a woman, right? Oh, yeah. I wasn't entirely, <laughs> I wasn't I entirely clear what the gag was there. I, I don't was like, understand. Is he, he gay-bashing? He... I couldn't, like, I genuinely couldn't tell if it was, like, that he's gay-bashing or if he didn't get the double entendre, because, like, the clip that he played, I mean, it helps that it's I was watching clearly... this video. Yeah, like... Right. It was it was just a very strange moment. There was, I will say, there was one joke that I didn't mind. Uh, and I will remind the audience that this video has a 44 minute runtime. Mm-hmm. So um, that's not a great ratio. But um, I don't remember the exact wording, but it was something to the effect that he's looking at uh, Brental Floss. Mm-hmm. I'm almost certain that's the guy's name, but I did only half listen to it a moment ago. OK. Uh, and he says to him, like, look, I appreciate that you're trying to help me like this movie. And Brentel Floss says, no, you don't. He just says, you're right. And they end the, the exchange there. I was like, that's pretty funny. See, that's and pretty then, good because he knew when to end it, right? Well, and then he keeps talking right after. Wow. That. Oh, never mind. <laughs> that's his famous flaw, yeah. unfortunately. Go, ah, what a good get. Ah, never mind. Uh, but it wasn't a bad joke. It, it got a chuckle out of me. Um. Boy, howdy. Sorry, I'm just clicking through this video. There are quite a few cameos. They also, they appear briefly at Spoonie's empty house. And I don't yes. know if that's meant to be a grim portent to things to come. I don't know either. But boy, it sure reads that way now. It reads as very dark. Yeah. Um, He also calls the movie pretentious a couple times throughout its runtime. Which I don't think it really is. 
yeah, look, you can say many things about this movie and honestly the filmography of Baz Luhrmann in general. Mm-hmm. And you can say that his movies feel like nightmares that you can't wake up from. You, you can, can say, say that, that they're, they're probably the worst movies to watch on drugs, and you'd be right. Yeah. But you, I, there's no way to call this movie pretentious, right? Like, I. It knows what it is. Yeah. That is arguably its greatest strength. And I think my favorite thing is that even the other people that Doug has written into this video are saying that. Where they're going, well, the movie knows exactly what it is. And Doug's going, but mm-hmm. I think it's pretentious. I don't know what he thinks the word means. I think, I, I genuinely am starting to think that pretentious might just be. Like, his word for, I don't understand this. His, like, you know? filler word. Yeah, exactly. Where it's, like, some, like, middle-brow, pe- some middle-brow movie. It was, like, Mother. It was, like, Mother with an explanation. Yeah, yeah, word, yeah. Right? He watched it and didn't understand its very clear commentary. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone else watched it and did understand its very clear commentary. And when they said it was pretentious, he was like, ah, that means the movie is dense. <laughs> like... I can think of no other explanation for this. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like he heard it used once, but he never, like, found the definition. Yeah, like so many things. We, um, we again, I, we again revisit that, uh, the Roger Ebert quote I've used before from, I think it was Battlefield Earth, where he said, like, the filmmaker understands that good films use Dutch angles, but he doesn't know why. Like, that, yeah. I feel, is just Doug's approach to it's Everything. like good films use long shots, but Doug doesn't know why. Yeah, good films <laughs> use long shots. Also, occasionally short ones, I'm told, <laughs> from time to time. As a treat. I don't know. I do like the idea of every, like, major Hollywood movie having, like, a stalker-style, like, 45-minute static right? shot. Like, <laughs> a field. Every Oscar <laughs> nominee has to have a... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm especially laughing at, like, a Marvel movie doing that. And so you're oh, just, like, yes. watching... You're just watching characters like zip in and out of the frame and you can hear the fight happening behind you. But the camera. Do- Actually, man, I started that, that joke as like a wouldn't that be ridiculous. <laughs> I would unironically love that if some movie just is boy that would take guts. Um, this is yeah. what I this is what should have happened in. Um, I love the Eternals? idea of making well, was- a low budget superhero movie. And anytime they fight, you just focus in on one part of the screen very intently. <laughs> it's like in a museum and you're just staring at a painting <laughs> you're like no it's like that scene in taxi driver where it looks down the hallway and creates tension and like yeah but he didn't do that for all of the action scenes. <laughs> he did that for one scene <laughs> i know good movies do that yeah good movies have long shots i learned this at the doug matt walker doug, film school yeah at the matt doug's at the matt doug zone and doug walker film school um <laughs> A beautiful joint project. Yeah, look, one day, we, yeah, people have asked us when this podcast will end, and yeah, that's that's when it'll end. Is when mm-hmm. I when I'm able to establish a film school with Douglas Daly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, buckle in, guys, because you're in for a long couple years until that. Oh, happens. it just recommended to me the Les Mis review, and I think we might have to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm not ready for it. I am it. so curious, Matt. How long is it? Um, it is. Oh, is it 47 minutes? 47 oh minutes. God. Oh my god! They're just you so could watch long. like a third of Les Mis in that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, you know what? Send it my way. We'll um. Okay. I realized earlier today that we um we need to do our our annual Christmas live stream of 
the uh, the 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 final of the channel awesome crossover films to boldly yep. flee at some point soon. So that will be next week. But um, perhaps the year at, the week after that will be a uh, oh, miss. Man, that's a. I just. I must say I, this thumbnail does not inspire confidence. <laughs> no. Neither did the Moulin Rouge one, though. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, also, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I've ever seen a single Doug Walker thumbnail that has inspired confidence. No, no. I miss oh. when he had the little cartoon versions of himself, though. Right? You know, those, they always had a little bit of charm. It was always yeah. funny seeing, you know, this hyper-masculine, square-jawed version of Doug. But, um, you know, there was something to him. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah, sorry. The concept of his Les Mis review has just like sort of exhausted me spiritually. I know. I'm going to need, just... need a second to catch up. I don't know what he's going to say about it because he pr- he definitely hates it, right? Oh, yeah. And un- unfortunately, as with as with Moulin Rouge, I'm, I'm kind of with it because I love Les Mis, the stage musical. Me too, me too. I've never seen it, but I love it. You know, I love listening to it. Uh, it, the movie is great not soundtrack. sound good. Yeah, exactly. I love uh, when my school did a version of One Day More. That was yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, you've told me about that. That was incredible. <laughs> um, so surely, surely. the uh, I think that the weakest part of the movie really is just Russell Crowe. Just in general. Look, I think Russell Crowe is often unfairly besmirched. In lameness. In Les Mis, to be clear, yes. Um, in many other places, I think it's fair to besmirch him. It's also <laughs> fair to besmirch him in Les Mis, to be clear. But the other performances are not great either. No, okay. they're not. They're he also- is a little bellowy um, at times, and I think it does definitely make him stand out even more it's than others. It's just like, but- during his suicide scene, it's so hard to be, like, <laughs> feeling. Because from <laughs> yeah, everything I've heard, like, in the stage musical, everyone is, like, crying at that point, right? And it's, like, yeah. this big emotional climax, and he, like, jumps off the stage quite literally. Yeah. And yeah. I do like the cartoon bonk sound effect they play. With, <laughs> it's really up. good. Like, it's almost like those videos where they replace the sounds with, like, the Roblox. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's it's just short of being egregious enough that you feel like it's been edited when you watch it, right? right? Like. If it was a slight bit more, then you'd go, well, definitely you're pulling my leg. But when you're watching the movie, you're like, I'm, we just put the DVD in. I know this isn't a meme, but I feel like I've been tricked somehow. I can't. Did something happen? Did someone tamper with it? No, that's just what it sounds like. Um, I think yeah, Anne no, I Hathaway does a pretty good job. And look, here's the thing. They're all great actors, right? Um, and none of them like sound awful either. It's just that like. No. Because they recorded on location, you like just listen to them and you go, man, you sound like you good. recorded on location. <laughs> yeah, man, you sound like dehydrated and like you recorded on location. I, I wonder what would have happened if you'd recorded, say, in a sound booth and with water. Boy, how it's great because that was sound. like a selling point, right? Yeah, which horrified me when I first heard about it. I recently actually pretty I watched Making a video. Cosette do anything on location is a crazy concept because that part yeah. seems damn near impossible. Yeah, just insane. Uh, there is a. I recently watched a video. I can't remember the channel's name for the life of me now. I think it's Sideways, something like that. 
he put it out forever ago, but I it just popped up in my recommended a couple weeks ago, actually. But he talked about like the the many crimes of Les Mis mm-hmm. um, and its recording. Apparently, they like didn't even give them a click track to sing to. Uh, so they were just sort of like going. They for were it. just they were going for it and they were making it up as they go along. And I'm saying this as someone who's done a not insignificant amount of singing. You never want a singer to just be going for it. There should always no. be something to keep them in line, be that a conductor or an accompanist or another singer because otherwise you're going to slow down. That's just sort of the way it goes, which is fine. You just sort of need to accept that. Um, um, so Doug does like one part of this movie, which I think is hilarious. The part of the movie right. that he's like the rest of it. Cheesy, awful. I hate it. This one song is a piece of art. Oh, right. Which one is it again? It's is it the, uh, Roxanne. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, that is the cheesiest <laughs> part of the movie. And to be clear, it rules. It's great. It's great. Um, even as someone who doesn't love this movie, it's hard for me to dislike that scene because it <laughs> is so insane. But um, but uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's when we get our uh, ironically enough, isn't that the point where we also get our rock fighter uh, yes. cameo? Yeah. Yeah. He's because he's just that. angry about the concept of a jukebox musical. It seems. Um, yeah. I do like the joke where he's angry at Lindsay Ellis for not putting him in a musical video. No, that's a different guy. Oh, that? Um, hmm. Who was yeah, that? Yeah, because there's the other guy whose name I don't remember. I'm I don't remember either. He, he apparently was, like, in her Les Mis video, which I tremble at the thought. No, I but, think um, she was in his video, and then she didn't oh. invite him to hers, and that's the okay, joke. Okay, I see. Yeah, cause because the joke, the joke is that he, he's irrelevant. Yeah, and he said, which I got, I hate to say it, but yes, um, we do not know who this man is. No. He has not withstood the test of time. Uh, I would argue th- to say none of these people have, but that's okay. Yeah, but you know, like two or three of them, I recognize. Yeah. And that gotta, that's got to count for something, right? Like, you know, there's no stone monuments in your honor, but Lindsay Ellis, I will always know I who also- you are. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite parts about this video is something that he starts really early on, where one of his biggest complaints is that they talk about love but don't explain what it is. And I'm like, <laughs> what movie? Like, pauses the plot and is like, okay, so love, guys, right? Yeah. You've heard of it. We all, yeah. we've all heard of it. But do you know what it is? Oh. Like, what movie does that? I would love a song that attempts to explain the concept <laughs> of love. What jukebox musical song would you pick to explain the concept mm. of love? Uh, it'd be, I think it'd be Do You Believe in Love by Huey Lewis in the News. Because um, it, doesn't, it doesn't explain what love is, but it does get you thinking about love as a concept. You go, well, do right. I believe in love? Do I believe it's true? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, that was one of the most bizarre criticisms, in my opinion. Yeah, I forgot all about that criticism. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk about what love is and i was like do you no, need them to yeah on his socrates arc where he goes now surely we all understand love and you are a much wiser man than i you and mcgregor so please explain to me what it is as a concept <laughs> actually man yet another thing i would love to see i want a marvel movie with a 45 minute static shot and i want a movie that starts out as a rom-com and then very quickly devolves into socratic style dialogues about love as a concept and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
the t- the main character who we assume is going to fall in love with the woman who's been on all the posters mm-hmm. he and a strange bearded old man uh just sort of have discourse about love for i'm pretty sure two that that's the new sydney sweeney movie you know <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very end they go well i'm off to collect my boy i don't know about you and they just walk off into the distance you and know then, uh the girl does full frontal nudity and everyone claps in the theater. Did you yeah. see that? Yes. <laughs> it's genuinely <laughs> insane. They're like, nature is healing. Yeah, that's like the only thing I know about the movie is that that yeah. happened. <laughs> I've seen the trailer and it does not look good. Yeah, what's it called again? It's, um... Ooh, I... Hang on. Hmm. I don't want to search Sydney Sweeney full frontal nudity because I will be overwhelmed by the sheer volume of results i'll get if i do that um, anyone but you ah yes anyone but you 2023 film it has three stars oh 63 percent five or ten five oh, okay. okay three critic reviews and a metascore of 53 Ooh, well that's not great i've got to say it's not fantastic yeah sydney sweeney glenn powell Best known in my eyes for Top Gun Maverick and others. Um, sorry, now I'm just scrolling through its Wikipedia page. Let's see what we've got here. It's based on Much Ado About Nothing. And I've got to say, you know. Um, Interesting. If there's one thing I know about loose adaptations of Shakespeare, it's that they're always great and I don't have any strong opinions about them. No. It's especially not when it's Much Ado About Nothing. Maybe my favorite play by Shakespeare. Um, is that a hot take? I, it's definitely my favorite of his comedies. It's probably I not my like, favorite. I like Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, I just, I love that play. I'm a fan. It's, yeah, let me, I will clarify. My favorite comedy. I don't think it's my favorite play. I'm, I, I just enjoy comedy plays in general, I think. Yeah, no. Like I, good his ones, comedy, not bad ones, obviously. Yeah, no, Shakespeare's comedies were all real sleeper hits for me, I've got to say. Like, as yeah, a, that's how I feel. As a mopey teenager... Well, a precocious preteen, if I'm being honest with myself. When mm-hmm. I started reading Shakespeare, I immediately was like, Hamlet, this is my guy. Love that, dude. <laughs> uh, it, it took me much longer to uh, appreciate his comedies. Yeah, I think in high school, one of my teachers did a pretty good job about reading his comedies in an engaging way. Yeah, yeah, you really do. I think that's the biggest thing is you mm-hmm. like his tragedies. It's easy to get, in my opinion, it's easy to get the tragedies, even if you're just reading them. Um, yeah. But, like, the comedies, you really do need to see other people who understand why the jokes are funny deliver them. Yes. Or it feels like a Doug Walker video, where you go, well, that was the shape of a joke, but we just held on the punchline a little bit too long. Yeah. I think it was much ado about nothing that my my teacher just replaced every sex scene with they were doing their taxes and refused to say anything else about it. And then they went and did their taxes. <laughs> and she'd get like, sometimes she'd go a little bit more into detail about like what their taxes were whenever the scene was a little longer. That's such a good bit. I love Yeah, that. it was really good. I had great <laughs> high school English teachers. Shout out to the GT program in my hometown. Yeah. Man, you know what? Shout out to my high school English teachers, too. They gave my teachers a lot of freedom to do whatever they wanted. And that was entertaining, to say the least. Yeah, here's the thing. That sort of move, it's, I mean, like with college professors, right? 
that's always going to end really well or really poorly because mm-hmm. you'll have either a really good engaging professor who knows what they're doing or, or one who doesn't and has no and now has no guardrails yeah um, yeah i think that they had like all very seasoned teachers do this from what i know yeah. cuz like most teachers i think start teaching like on level and then like pre ap and then ap and then gt so it was yeah. all like very well seasoned teachers most of them had masters teacher. in gifted and talented teaching. So, okay, I was trying not to ask what GT was because I it's didn't gifted want to and make talented, like a fool. Um, I see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we yeah, had at least AP. in Texas. We, you take my a, knowledge. We didn't have a, a a tier above AP, or maybe I just you know never tested into it. So yeah, in Texas at least you have to take this test that is like a mixture between like an IQ test and like a creativity thing. And if you score oh, in the yeah. top, like, 7%, I think it started at 7%, but by the time I graduated, it was, like, 3% because my district is so big. Then you, like, mm-hmm. get put in this special program where they teach you about, like, Greek mythology and stuff. Man. It's fun. Yeah, no, I, it's Rules, funny. I, think I, I won't lie. <laughs> I don't remember if I've told this story before or not, but when I, um, when I first, because I took one of those tests. I took two of them, actually, because we did mm-hmm. it, like, early in elementary school and then yeah. going into middle school, too. Um, and not to brag, but I completely bombed out of the math portion both times, but did well enough in the English portion both times that I was able to scrape into the gifted track. Um, nice. but no, when I was younger, I genuinely thought that, cause it was called like, there was some program, it, it was called, um, man, I cannot for the life of me remember what it was called in middle and high school, but we had elementary it was school humanities and then Phoenix in high school. Oh, okay. That rocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can tell people that you were part of the Phoenix program. Uh, <laughs> and you'll be horrified or? Yeah, or very excited. And in either case, be wary of those people. Um, but no, it was called Start when I was in uh, elementary school. And there was a remedial program. I don't know how I knew about this because we didn't do it at my school district. But in other parts of the nation, there was a remedial program called the Head Start that was for like students who needed extra help right and so i spent two years thinking that i was in a remedial program (laughs) and i was i was a third grade i was very confused because we would just like go off to the side like once a week and like yeah you know things that the other classes weren't doing right yeah we'd like learn about greek mythology like you said or like do it and i was always kind of like i don't understand how this is supposed to help us but like i'm having a good time here and it wasn't until, like, much later on that I realized that this was the gifted program. We did so and, many uh, psychotic things in our gifted program. Like, Jesus Christ, why were they letting us have that much freedom in high school? Oh, yeah. Where they were just like, here, pick a book and make a slideshow about it. So we had, like, independent study projects where you could do literally anything. And as long yeah. as you wrote a report about it and had people critique it, like, you were good. I built an arcade machine in, like, 11th grade. Yes. Why? That's so sick. Why were we doing this? Yeah, we had a lot of we did a lot of like seminar style discussions, but they were always very interesting. They they were one of my favorite and most psychotic things that my program did was the juniors and seniors would put together these problem solving simulations for the freshman and sophomore. Oh, good start. (laughs) And they could they would let the classes pick anything to do them about so these juniors and seniors would make these horrific like haunted house style problem solving simulations (laughs) where like 
where like there were jump scares there were like murder mysteries you were trying to solve they, they would be like just ranting to you about conspiracy theories for like two hours and you would just have to like figure out what they were trying to teach you like <laughs> that is incredible these things were crazy and everyone was like in costume and Somehow, very weird i feel like that will do a much better job of preparing you for the real world than most other classes yes it was very bizarre that with the amount of freedom we were given, I learned how to, like, handle having that much freedom, I guess. Yeah. And Which like I think high school generally does a bad job at yeah. doing. And, and just learning how to negotiate insane rules put forward by madmen. Exactly. Go, well, sometimes you gotta play the game. <laughs> They're like, well, clearly this is teaching us about how our dreams affect reality and how when we have nightmares, it really bleeds into our everyday life. And that's really <laughs> profound when you think about it. Yeah, and you learn to go, if you say so, then right? sure. That's absolutely. Absolutely. That's the lesson I'm taking away, too. Thank One you. One of my favorites was they were teaching us about different, like, political systems. And I was in a group where, so they'd give us different, like, problem-solving tasks, right, where it'd be, like, a puzzle or something. And then, depending on what your group was, you had to, like, decide how to go about it based on the ideology you were given so like the mm -hmm. anarchists it was just the first person that said something they'd be like we're going with that no matter how stupid it was i okay, was in a rocks. group um where we a magic eight ball had to tell us what to do at every Ooh, okay <laughs> so we would be like can we do this and shake the magic eight ball and the person leading us would be like no and then we'd have to figure out something else. Like, heed me, the Grim Haru specs. I bring you warnings. You know, as you're just like shaking the magic eight ball. Incredible. Pretty much what it was. <laughs> yes. I love that. It ended with a political assassination. <laughs> okay. Who was assassinated and why? Um, um, the leader of the democracy was assassinated. <laughs> many such cases. Um, many such cases. My guess by the fascists. Um, just like real life. Uh, well, I think that the leader got killed and they were trying to decide who would be the new leader. And that was the storyline, mm, maybe. I feel like a stable government should probably have a plan in place for that, you know? <laughs> there were no such thing as stable governments. And one of them, we, like, had to find a cure for the plague. And half of us were, like, they randomly divided us in half. And half of us were the aristocrats. And half of us <laughs> were, like, Whoa. poor people. <laughs> Okay, all right. And so all the poor people were, like, getting infected and, like, frantically searching for this. And the rich people were having a party, like, casually talking about it. Incredible. Yeah, I like that they did just create the setup to Mask of the Red Death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you had to, like, somehow communicate with the other side to get any information about what was actually going on. Like, it was... All of these were just psychotic plans created by 18 and 17-year-olds. So... Yeah. And I respect them all. I do, too, honestly. How did we get on this? Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's see. I'm sure that we have other things to say about this video. I love oh, how yes. whenever we like set out consciously trying to talk about the Doug video, we so quickly seize on any other subject. Yep. So we don't have to think about Doug anymore. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's that guy who like none of us know. Um, and. Sorry. Yeah. Some long shots of Lindsay Ellis dancing with a boa and her friends. Yeah, somehow this video is even more painful to watch on mute. I don't know how that's possible, considering how painful it is with sound. But I love how the top comment is a My Little Pony 
little avatar that's talking about how uh, consumption yeah, is tuberculosis, <laughs> and we don't know how long she's had tuberculosis. So how many people could she have infected? So Christian is fatally ill, and <laughs> it's like, what? The shiny musical tale of a tuberculosis outbreak. And I'm like, that is definitely a theory you can have about this musical. Yeah, it's very much a, like, um, you know, this children's show is secretly fucked up and dark. Um, right. Sort of. Comment. Actually, Phineas and Ferb weren't real. Yeah, they're all fevered dreams from Candace's mind because she's dying of cancer. And those sorts of things always make me laugh because you do look at, like, the in-text evidence that they find. And it's just like in this cartoon, things that don't really make sense happen sometimes. You're like, it's, Man. Like, it's a cartoon. <laughs> really? Um, no, you're right. That was Dan Bovenmeyer's dark way of hinting to us that Candace is dying of cancer. Um, but yeah, I do love how many comments here are just like disagreeing with. They're like, Doug's no, they the meant day. it to be this silly. No, yeah. I understand now that this is pretty much satire. Like, that's what all yeah. of the comments are. Yeah. I also like that this video briefly reminded me that Doug was actually, like, classically trained when it comes to singing. Um, it's very bizarre. Because we get that, like, brief shot of him singing in opera, and in my opinion, actually sounding quite good. Mm-hmm. Like, the gag is that he's killed, like, right in right at the start of it. And then... The rest of the video, whenever he's singing, he's like way below his comfortable range and it shows you can hear it in his voice. He's like straining to reach notes like Doug. Just just sing the songs that you know how to. It's it's OK. You can do that. Um, I also like knowing how to sing at opera and calling Moulin Rouge pretentious. Like, I mean, come yeah, on, come on. One We're of my teacher, te- teachers would actually sing opera to us randomly because she was a classically trained opera singer. You know what? Good honor. Yep. Um, it was Brentle Floss. That was his name. I now, I now see it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, what a guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone in the comments is like, actually, I like this movie, and then someone was like. Well, isn't it funny that she had tuberculosis and yet she was singing? I'm like, have you seen any musical ever? None of them, like, accurately represent their illnesses in the way they're singing. Yeah, well, especially tuberculosis. The thing that, like, famously, for a movie that, like, so self-consciously and clearly plays with tropes and just, like, pulls things up and goes, like, hey, um, this person, you know, uh, let's just let's just be the most, like, on our face campy movie we possibly can Mm -hmm. yes having your love interest die of tuberculosis is like the number one trope of like yes operas and just any story from the time the only thing that would have made it more tropey is if you like coughed into a tissue and then it was shown that it was blood like that's the only thing that could have made it more on the nose yeah and oh my god sorry i just realized i completely forgot to plug my laptop in uh and it is about to die so give me one second to run upstairs and grab my charging cable okay. force you to vamp for a moment there apologies no, it's good. back um this did make me realize that i think that anything i liked when i was like i saw this movie i think at like a startlingly young age and i remember not hating it um but even then, I was like, it's fine. And I think that, like, middle-of-the-road opinion 
doesn't exist in this video nor this comment section, which I really like. Um, I'm just looking through comments now. Oh, see, people still are liking this review. Um, so here's uh, a comment from one year ago that says, thank you for everything, Lindsay Ellis. You did not deserve to be in the position you are in now, and I wish you the best, but the review must go on. And someone says, what happened? Give me the short version. And so, and someone else responded, online harassment from incels. And if that's not the short version, I don't know what is. I, I really haven't been this angry at Doug in a long time. Because I think his fundamental misunderstanding of the movie is so stupid. Like, so stupid. Because like we were saying, like, this is the campiest thing possible. And like everyone else in the review is saying, like, it knows it's campy. And it's, like, playing into that and, like, indulging in the stupidity that is musicals. So I think, all in all, Doug probably just doesn't like musicals. Yes, I agree um, with this <laughs> right? thing that I've been here for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm i going to just assume that I know what your talking points yeah. were. And yeah, like, everything he complains about is just, like, a musical... A musical trope, right? Yeah, being dialed up to 11. Like... yes. Which, like, I think he would hate stage musicals even more because they're, like, playing to the back of the room, right? He'd be in, like, yeah. the third row and be like, this is stupid. Look at the amount of makeup they're wearing. Yeah, which is especially weird because, as we've said before, like, Doug and all of the other people in these videos, he exudes theater kid energy. Yes. Yes. Because he seems like something, someone that would have, like, people in high school, like, assumed he was gay, but then he was, like, overly sexual with his female like yes <laughs> yeah fortunately we don't see any of that bleed through in his writing now nope not at all <laughs> like he definitely had his first kiss on stage you know yeah yeah and it was supposed to be a stage kiss but he just didn't make it one um, yeah it was yeah. supposed to be a t- stage kiss and he just like slipped a little tongue in there and it was really <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> i really like the idea of sticking in some tongue on a stage kiss. <laughs> right like, man, you're dedicated if you pull that one off. Um, and you shouldn't do that. But it's also no. hard for me to truly condemn that because, I mean, it does take skill. <laughs> it is impressive. It's sort of like how I feel about Genghis Khan. You know, we're like, he shouldn't have been doing that. It's crazy yeah. that he was that good at it, though. Like, um, <laughs> let's see. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there's anything else I want to say about this video. We may have... Uh, we may have exhausted our talking points here. Perhaps. Yeah, See, everyone movie... in the comments is just like over the top is fun. Like, st- stop being lame. Yeah, again, Doug Walker, of all people, going like, this This movie is too loud when it tells its jokes. You know, like, right? It, is it, Doug? Uh, like, I can't say I disagree, but boy. That sure is a wonderful glass house that you're chucking stones from right now. It would be a shame if anything happened to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rough one. This was just a rough watch in general for me. Yeah. And um, I'd say I'm sorry that I subjected you to it, but I'm not. No, you shouldn't uh, be, frankly. <laughs> I was the, I, man. 
the uh, the true problem with having to reschedule recordings for no real reason at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I do have to uh, reschedule recordings, boy, it sure is a punishment for me the next week when I go, I don't remember anything about this video. Oh, no. And then I have to sit and rewatch the whole thing. I think the worst part is when I've done that and then I start rewatching the video and then realize that I remember it in perfect clarity. Yep. And you go, never mind. I'm not doing <laughs> I'm that. actually okay. Yeah. For me, it's very much like, um, it's kind of like when you're singing along with a song that you mostly remember the words to, but you know that you're just like remembering the words as the sentence starts. That's how it feels to me when I watch one of these videos again. It's like, as soon as a joke is told, I just sort of sigh. It's like I'm meeting an old friend that I secretly hate. I go, ah, yes. how could I ever forget you? Good to see you again. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's a surprisingly apt metaphor for watching a dub video. No, I'm yes. about this. Meeting an old friend that I secretly hate. <laughs> Except it's not a secret, is it? Yeah, meeting an old friend that I have created a podcast dedicated solely to expressing my hatred of mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. should we talk about stuff. the ending yes please let's discuss the ending here because boy there's there's a couple angles to work here yeah yeah so we begin basically with saying doug drinking a bottle of strawberry malibu which i think is really funny um and, uh, anytime doug is supposed to drink hard liquor on camera and again, I feel that we we all know my uh, relationship with alcohol maybe is unhealthy in the other direction, but it is always funny to go. Is that that's what we had on hand? That's what we could think of to convey your that's what you had rapid descent of? into that's, alcoholism. The hardest thing you've drank in the last like six months is strawberry Malibu. That's what you're yeah. expecting me to believe. Yeah. Oh, look at the big man, healthy and happy over here. Well, uh. some of us have bottles of liquor on store, and the least you could do is buy one of those. Um, there's no captions available for this video, so I'm, I'm roughly trying to figure out what's going on again. Oh yeah, that is, uh, it's always rough. Um, um we see Doug without the jacket, which I hate, yes, uh, but yeah. <laughs> he's in a room with pages of a book that are torn down and taped on the wall, which I, hmm, and like very blue lighting. Yeah. Very oh, yeah. During the scene where they like teleport to various places, I do love how just Doug has still never figured out how to no. make a green screen work. They like green screen themselves onto the floor of some like convention at one point. Um, also, they every, are like bright blue and the yellow fluorescent angle, lighting of the <laughs> every angle in this closing scene is shot from like below. Yeah. And again, I can't say that it strikes me as intentional. Uh. Uh, so we hear Doug singing, um, and then, right, the most watched portion of this video is actually Lindsay Ellis's face getting licked by, like, a dog. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> I wish I was joking. Uh, I don't even have to look. I believe you. There's no yeah. way that's not... Uh, no, it's it's real. It's real. It's the sort of sadness I feel where I just go like, when? Why did I ever think that it would be? Um, but Doug like- gets shot by God, played by Brental Floss. No, because Brental Floss died, so I think it is oh. supposed to be Brental Floss himself killing him from heaven. Okay. Um, well, he does get shot from heaven, he, yeah, and then he, in yeah, his a dying. Heavenly- <laughs> 
in his dying breath, he types the end, which is beautiful. And then we cut back to bum reviews. Mm -hmm. Well, Linkara then sings out his uh, sings a closing a closing note of narration about Doug Walker. Um, Sorry, I just got a fantastic Doug face that I'm sending to the discord. Oh, hell yeah. Um, So. Boy, it's it's great when I get when I don't even have to like remotely edit. I just have to take a screenshot and post it. Uh, and go, well, uh, so Brentofloss did all of the songs. Oh, he did. Which kind of makes sense. Hey, hang on, because I was actually going to comment on something I see in the credits. Um, it says written he by... wrote all of the str- songs except for the review must go on, which ah, was written by okay. Doug. And the instrumentation on that one, did you catch that? That was uh, you. Keen-eyed Barney? viewers will notice Barney Walker, Doug's mm-hmm. father, hit mm-hmm. the uh, the instrumentation for the review must go on, which is oh, Lindsay Ellis did the lighting. Hmm. Mm. Lindsay, 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 you're better. Come on, look, we don't like you, but we try to be charitable when oh, we can. We do. We don't try to be charitable. We try to be at least fair. You're, to you specifically. Yeah, and I'm thrilled to report that we're being fair when we say. Lindsay, this was awful. What were you thinking? Lindsay, you went to film school. Yeah. You're the only person here we expect to know what they're doing. We can't blame her for uh, Linkara's rough mic. She did the audio as well. Yeah, yeah. She did did the audio as well. We can't blame her for Linkara's rough mic, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah. Um, I choose to personally. Um, I hold you responsible. I hold you responsible. This otherwise fantastic work of video and musical criticism has been sullied by poor lighting and audio quality. Um. (laughs) But the songs I did think were above Doug's pay grade for the most part, and that makes sense because he did not write them. Yeah, they're not fantastic, but they aren't like an endless spew of pop culture references either. Yeah, exactly. for that, we have to go, all right, well, credit right. where it's due. Um, sorry, just fantastic comment. Anyone else get chills when he hits that final line? No. And then they quote the final line, which is, to be clear, the review must go on. The review must go on. Like he's <laughs> typed with three O's to, I guess, emphasize the fact that it's stretched out. Uh, and the answer is, yeah, no, I did not get chills when i heard doug walker saying the review must go on <laughs> if only he could put this level of creativity and humor in other projects than the nostalgia critic oh smoked <laughs> clean up on aisle three uh, just, <laughs> i love it when the comments like say things like that where it's like that was kind of me actually why did you do that <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for everything, Lindsay Ellis. You did not deserve to be I in the read position that you are now. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad that we both gravitated to it, though. Um, Wait, yeah, were you? Hang. I read no, sorry, the replies please. as well. Oh, hang on. I didn't look at the. Oh. <laughs> 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 Which they're wrong. It wasn't incels that did that. It was this podcast. But yeah, you say, look, well, look, yeah, it was Vol Cells. Um, mm-hmm. Man, that would be maybe the funniest possible. The only way I could make this exchange funnier is if it did just say online harassment from Vol Cells. 
Like, no, they're very clear. They've chosen this life. Um, boy, when oh, I start I dating again, one. that's going to be a rough bit. It's going to be it's going to be tough to keep that one going. I've got to say. Nostalgia um, chick is surprisingly good at sign singing. I already thought she was both physically and intellectually eye candy. So her voice oh, is an oh, even bigger plus than before. Oh, and it has five likes. Oh. <laughs> Somehow that's so much worse than just calling her eye candy. Is intellectually she's and physically. Intellectually. Babe, I think your brain is eye candy. Like, <laughs> What does that even mean? Yeah, I love looking at your brain. I love looking at your mind. <laughs> I would love to crack your skull open and glance at everything inside of it to see what's inside of it. Because I think your brain is eye candy. Um, man, this is. Yeah. Boy, these comments just get increasingly dark as you go. Yep. Um, boy, this is. Oh, this is also I love looking through old comment sections, too, because you do like get to get to watch the old like Internet, just sort of its way of speaking, you know, like the uh, the classic uh, like you just earned yourself a like on this. Video. Right. It's incredible. This Wish comment, you and nostalgia chick still did videos together. This comment, I think, made me realize something I never realized before, which is I love Lindsay nostalgia chick so much. She's amazing. She makes amazing and interesting reviews, not to mention she's absolutely beautiful. Random question for anyone who knows, why do all of her nostalgia chick videos have comments turned off? I've always wanted to know. (laughs) I think I know. (laughs) If I had to guess, there's a couple reasons. (laughs) Oh, my God. So apparently it's mostly because she didn't want to be, like, associated with it anymore. But I imagine that it's also because the comments she were getting absolutely heinous. How can you how can you write the first half of that comment and And then end it like that? Right. Like, you know, it's because of you. I find her physically and intellectually appealing. Uh, I find her physically and intellectually eye candy. For some reason, she has me blocked, though. Can anyone (laughs) figure out why? Like. I keep trying to DM her about it, but she won't respond. Wow, I think I feel what the fans of The Wall felt when Doug reviewed it. I guarantee you, you do not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, look, I don't even know if I'd go so far as to call myself a fan of The Wall. I think I found my favorite comment, though. Oh, hit me, hit me. <laughs> Who knew Doug had such a fine little singing voice? such a fine little singing voice he's saying that like he's he's saying that as though he's like a villain in a movie he was about to steal doug's voice forever like <laughs> what a fine little voice you have yeah that's like a cut line that they did for ursula and the little mermaid right <laughs> who knew you had such a fine little singing voice now sing into my gramophone over here and we shall keep it forever uh uh-uh. Let's see. I was singing Brentel Floss's song in the shower this morning, and now this has been posted. Clearly, I am God. Huh. Cool. These are just fascinating. Um. Oh, I thought of another thing that made me angry in this video. Where oh, Doug was got? like, why does Satine want to become an actress when she has so many adoring fans right. already? And I was like, why yeah. does she... Do you not understand that she's, like, whoring herself out all the time? Like, do you... Yeah. 
do you not get like, why she wants to be an actress for real? Like, yeah, and he, he calls her a whore many times throughout yes. the movie. I'm, so I'm sure that he's aware. An egregious of number of times. But like, yeah. Yeah, I do also like that, you know, um, Lindsay Ellis gives her a, she gives her classic, you know, feminist critique of the movie, which is to be expected, right? The thing where she's like, yeah, he's, he's being a sexist pig, which is true. He shouldn't be doing all that. You and McGregor, I think. Mm-hmm. But it is very funny that like so much of the review is spent with Doug, like calling the movie a whore, like calling her a whore. And then just Lindsay just sort of uncritically nodding along. Uh, yeah. You know, this, this feels a little bit jarring. Uh, but oh well you should do the Lerman style editing more often much nicer than your usual cinematography <laughs> Burn. okay ugly German truths damn alright well look I'm gonna be real it's an ugly truth I I didn't necessarily think of it as German but uh, it, it is an what? ugly truth well um <laughs> I love how so many people are like, is Doug a good singer? I was like, even I knew this about Doug, right? Yeah, exactly. It's I know like, that he, I now know more about Doug than the average person. But at the beginning of this, I feel like I already knew that he could sing. Yeah, because we discovered it on his Wikipedia and we're confused and horrified by that fact. Yes. Um, sorry, I, I'm i going to be very real. This entire time that we've been reading through the comments, I have just been scrolling down and adding a bunch of video essays to my watch later um, because they're right next to the comments. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I'm only I'm a little bit checked out right now. Uh, That's okay. But um, no, I'm not trying to click. I'm not interested. I'm clicking add to. Sorry. Anyway. Um. Yeah, Doug. I'm sure you can't be bothered to read your comments anymore. But I want you to know that your effort given in this review is so appreciated. For me, this will always be peak nostalgic critic. This and Son of the Mask. Man. Much like the uh, the comment about Doug being a good singer, it's rough for me that I'm like, well, I could think of several other videos that are probably higher up on the Mount Rushmore of Doug. Vid-. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I even beginning to say here? Uh, OK, I found there's just a part of this comment I want to read. Please. Edit number three. I am totally erratic because Christians paid my horbit really spoke to me on an emotional level. Uh-huh. I get Nostalgia Chick's point, but I have at least a few times where love went sour and I wanted to slut shame some people in front of an audience. I mean, I don't need more, but at the time of heartbreak, I've paid my horse sounds and feels better than you broke me. Also saying I won't be manipulated by you anymore and actually not being manipulated by the person anymore are two different things. A little self-report going on there. You didn't need to say that, buddy. You did not need to say no any of that. No one asked you for that. Just completely unforced going, I would love to call my ex a whore in front of an audience. I mean, I don't want to do it anymore. But, you know, for me, that was a very that was definitely a wish fulfillment moment. Well, don't say that. Why would you? No one was asking you to tell us that. Yeah, it's bad. I've wanted to slut shame people in front of an audience before. That's crazy. Crazy reveal. Don't do that. I can't believe I have to say this. Yeah, that one I'm kind of stunned by. Man, and sorry, you said that was edit number three? Yes. Oh, that's so powerful. <laughs> um, it's sort of like, I mean, it's the same as like when you look at a good tweet and you see that the comments are turned off and you go, I, a story has been told without you even needing to say anything. You yes. know, like that's the, 
that's the energy of this. Um, oh, man. Uh, boy. Uh, I hate this old school style that guys have of commenting and like being horny online. We have at uh, Candlejack 303. I'm reading out his name. I'm putting <laughs> this guy on blast. This was awful. Uh, we have one, Moulin Rouge is a guilty pleasure. Two, Nostalgia Chick was looking damn hot in this review. And three, the character who tattled on Satine and Christian is named Nini. Because that was like a, another bit in the movie, yeah. in the review. It was them going like, does that character even have a name? Uh, and I like the fact that you feel the need to note that Nostalgia Chick was looking damn hot in this review. Before you uh, clarify that. I love this comment. Does anyone know why you never see people like Nostalgia Chick or Spoonie in the newer episodes? Now that I think <laughs> about it, you never see any of the old crew anymore. Does anyone know why? 25 replies. <laughs> see, yeah, I heard that comment and I was just sitting there thinking to myself, like, this this must be how the main character of every Lovecraft story feels. When he mm-hmm. uh, when he learns that they're, like, starting an exposition out to his aban- to the abandoned f- minefield that he worked at before. You know, where it's like the people going, well, why don't they show up? Uh, you just go like, please, please, I, I, I beg you, turn back your voyage. Turn back your vessel on this damned voyage. You will only find misery and pain at the end of this journey. Um, oh, uh, this is. This is crazy. I just, I can't stop finding powerful comments here. Right? It's insane. I get the sense it's kind of like the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> it's not that deep. It's mostly over-the-top sanity, and it's self-aware. I'm sorry. I would not compare this movie in basically any way to the Emperor's New no. Groove. A much more, like, a movie that I do have a good deal of uh, nostalgia for, I must admit. But that movie's sense of humor is completely different from this. With the birdcage shot. So I imagine the director... Ends no, please, by saying, personally, I prefer the former. Satine's cruelty was just as evil as Christian's shaming. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm just... I can't say I'm sure about this. Yeah. She said, I don't see how one objects to Christian's behavior while not condemning Satine's as well. Either they're both guilty of horrendous acts towards their love, or they're both innocent because they never loved each other in the first place. I just love the idea of going both sides. on. Um... Also, <laughs> Fence I... sitting on <laughs> this movie is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's a guy looking her in the eyes and going, I will kill Christian if you don't break his heart. And then... Christian wilding out in front of an entire crowd of people and going, look at this whore. And he's like, well, look, both sides are making fair points here. They both have <laughs> it's reasons. Crazy. Like it, it's I am just also loving the idea of a guy in the theater when, you know, everybody's reacting with horror to Christian screaming. I paid my whore. And one guy's like, well, hang on. What did she do? Like, <laughs> let's let's hear let's the guy out. out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, also. Another powerful comment here. I love this review. I love the songs, and I love the message about guilty pleasures. In the end, I think we all have something in our search history that could get us a life sentence. No? Oh? Just me, then? That's... 
my friend, I'm afraid that's that's I don't think that's what a guilty pleasure is, you know, like. Like a wow. pedophile just like downloading child pornography going, well, this is just one of my guilty little pleasures, you know. <laughs> Some people oh, like in sync. <laughs> <laughs> Me, myself, I'm more of a fan of that wonderful little voice what's the wording that he had for doug <laughs> uh his fine little voice Fine little voice. <laughs> yeah my guilty pleasure i steal the voices of little boys they're fine little voices i keep them in bird cages on my wall so that they may sing for me forever <laughs> we all have our guilty pleasures I'm like sir please leave the pet store i did not ask you what you intended to do with this giant bird cage um all right, we should probably bring this one in for a landing because we could keep doing this for another hour. Oh, yes, easily. I'm finding just gem after gem. Even I'm not reading out all of the ones I'm finding. It's no, a I'm beautiful thing. Anybody who would like to just torture themselves in a wonderful way for a little bit, look in this video's comment section. Just scroll for a minute. Yeah, oh, this is so powerful. Sorry, you I'm want reading to end us a- out on one? No, I'm just reading through the replies on the comment about the fact that we never see Spoonie or oh, yeah? any of the other people. Um, actually, I might type out this just essay. I might read out this essay about Spoonie to bring okay. us out. Listeners, we've had some fun on this one. But, we have. Um, you know, I think it's important that we end this one on a serious note. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no one actually knows what is up with Spoonie. He tweets constantly, but is basically silent about producing content. His website has been fucked up for over a year. He's made few actual vids and some mediocre Let's Plays. And we all know is he, oh, sorry, all we know is he has been physically sick and he's mentally troubled, parentheses, depression, bipolar, and there's a hyphen between bi and polar, which I really like, (laughs) et cetera, which is fine. I mean, if he can't do this job anymore, that's okay, but it would be nice if you could make a vid explaining that, thanking his fans, et cetera. It seems like whatever is wrong with his head has really turned him into a raging punk, by which I mean he can't control his temper and just flies off the handle at everything and everyone that bothers him. He was my favorite for years. And that, listeners, was posted six years ago.